हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन चैप्टर एट लोकल गवर्नमेंट एंड आवर टॉपिक इज इम्प्लीमेंटेशन ऑफ सेवेंटी थर्ड एंड सेवेंटी फोर्थ अमेंडमेंट्स ऑल स्टेट्स हैव नाउ पास्ड अ लेजिस्लेशन टू इम्प्लीमेंट द प्रोविजंस ऑफ द सेवेंटी थर्ड एंड सेवेंटी फोर्थ अमेंडमेंट्स ड्यूरिंग टेन ईयर्स सिंस these amendments came into force 1994 to 2004 most states have had at least two rounds of elections to the local bodies states like madhya pradesh rajasthan and a few others have in fact held three elections so far today there are nearly 500 jila panchayats about 6000 block or intermediate ji panchayats and 250000 gram panchayats in rural india and over 100 city corporations 1400 town municipalities and over 2000 nagar panchayats in urban india more than 32 lakh members are elected to these bodies every 5 years of these at least 10 lakh are women in the state assemblies and parliament put together we have less than 5000 elected representatives with local bodies the number of elected representatives has increased significantly the 73rd and 74th amendments have created uniformity in the structures of panchayati raj and nagarpalika institutions across the country the presence of these local institutions is by itself a significant achievement and would create an atmosphere and platform for people's participation in government the provision for reservation for women at the panchayats and nagarpalikas has ensured the presence of a significant number of women in local bodies as this reservation is also applicable for the position of sarpanch and adhyaksha a large number of women elected representatives have come to occupy these positions there are at least 200 women adhyaksha in jila parishad another 2000 women who are presidents of the block or taluka panchayats and more than 80000 women sarpanch in gram panchayats we also have more than 30 women mayors in corporations over 500 women adhyakshas of town municipalities and nearly 650 nagar panchayats headed by women women have gained more power and confidence by asserting control over resources their presence in these institutions have given many women a greater understanding of the working of politics in many cases they have brought a new perspective and a greater sensitivity to discussions at local bodies in many cases women were unable to assert their presence or were mere proxies 
for the male members of their family who sponsored their election. Since instances, however, are becoming few. While reservation for schedule caste and schedule tribes are mandated by the constitutional amendment, most states have also made a provision to reserve seats for backward class castes. As the Indian population has 16.2% scheduled caste and 8.2% scheduled tribes, about 6.6 .6 lakh elected members in urban and local bodies hail from these two communities. This has significantly altered the social profile of local bodies. These bodies have thus become more representative of social reality they operate within. Sometimes this leads to tensions. The dominant social groups which controlled the village earlier do not wish to give up their power. This leads to intensification of struggle for power. But tension and struggle is not always bad. Whenever there is an attempt to make democracy more meaningful and give power to those who did not enjoy it earlier, there is a bound to be some conflict and tension in society. The constitutional amendment assigned as many as 29 subjects to local bodies. All these subjects are related to functions linked to local welfare and development needs. The experience with the functioning of local government in the past decade has shown that local governments in India enjoy limited autonomy to perform the functions assigned to them. Many states have not transferred most of the subjects to the local bodies. This means that the local bodies cannot really function in an effective manner. Therefore, the entire exercise of electing so many representatives becomes somewhat symbolic. Some people criticize the formation of the local bodies because this has not changed the way in which decisions are taken at the central and the state level. People at the local level do not enjoy much powers of choosing welfare programs or allocation of resources. Local bodies have very little funds of their own. The dependence of local bodies on state and central government for financial support has greatly eroded their capacity to operate effectively. While rural local bodies raise 0.24% of total revenue collected, they account for 4% of the total expenditure made by the government. So they earn much less than they spend. That makes them dependent on those who give them grants. Now let us conclude the chapter. This experience suggests that the local government continue to be agencies 
implementing the welfare and development schemes of the central and state government. Giving more power to local government means that we should be prepared for real decentralization of power. Ultimately, democracy means that power should be shared by people. People in the villages and urban localities must have the power to decide what policies and programs they want to adopt. As you have studied earlier, democracy means decentralization of power and giving more and more power to the people. The laws about local governments are an important step in the direction of democratization. But the true test of democracy is not merely in the legal provisions, but in the practice of those provisions. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the chapter. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.